Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Welcome to episode 404 of Get Paid for Your Pad. Today, Eric and I are talking about the future of short term rentals. Eric, what's going on? What's up, buddy? Let's talk about it. Yeah, for sure. Are you? Uh, I know you're going on a on a weekend trip. Are you staying a short term rental this weekend? Always. Um, yeah. So we're going up to uh, we're going up to the mountains uh, to disconnect. So uh, today, right around noon, um, we're leaving all our tech behind. Obviously, taking our phones, but no computers. A couple of uh, books, and uh, we're gonna do. We do this once a quarter for our relationship, um, where we do a disconnect weekend. Spend time in nature, go hiking, uh, whiteboard out um, specific visions about our relationship, all of that. So, yeah, Samantha and I are pumped. We got some, we got some hikes planned, all of that. Um, but yeah, we're staying, uh, which is crazy. It's a, you know, it's a holiday weekend, so um, <clears throat> you know the the properties up there, the Airbnbs, short-term rentals. It, you know, this this uh, tiny little mountain town is nearly 100% occupied. I mean, I'm looking at prices and um, there's only four or five listings left in the entire town. Uh, four of them were brand new and they looked, they didn't look good. <laughs> they didn't look good at all. Um, <clears throat> and then the last one that we booked, th- that we booked that we're going to stay at, the prices were, I was just blown away on on the rates right now. So and I think it's a great topic, you know, the future of short-term rentals, because that, that just showed me that, uh, you know the trends are the trends are leading towards those drive-in towns and uh, doing exactly what we're looking for. So, yeah, so I'm pumped. I'm pumped to get out there, disconnect, check out this uh, cool little cabin, and it's uh, not too far from the new uh, property we're buying in a couple of weeks. Sweet. So, are you not going to look at your phone at all the whole weekend? I'm going to try not to. Um, no, so what we do is we uh, we de- we delete all of our social media apps. Um, I even delete Slack. I delete um, like everything that I use on a daily basis. I even find myself like waking up in the morning, going straight to like my Slack account stuff like that. And once I notice that I'm doing that, I, I schedule these disconnect weekends uh, to fully kind of recalibrate the way that my relationship with technology. Um, so yeah, yeah, we're, we're deleting everything. The only time I'll be looking at the map is for, uh, maps, you know, for like Google map and hiking and stuff like yeah. that. That's about it. It's like, you don't want to get lost and, and become the next episode of, uh, I shouldn't be alive. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I don't think, I don't think Samantha would do too well in, uh, in a, uh, overnight in the mountains. Uh, she might do well. She might do well. <laughs> All right. Well, that's good to know. So there, there'll be no point sending you any any Slack messages this weekend. Then. Uh, I mean, you can send it. I'll read it uh, Monday morning. <laughs> All right, man. Well, um, you know, I they say that in order to understand the future, we have to look at the past. We have to understand the past, right? So I wanted to kick this podcast off by talking a bit about the world's most booked Airbnb. Right. It's a pretty cool story. You're familiar with this with this property, yeah. right? The the mushroom. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. California. You haven't stayed there, have you? 
No, no. So it's a mushroom. It looks like a mushroom dome. Uh, where in California? It's uh, it's in the Santa Cruz Mountains. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and there's a there's an article that um, on uh, on Hustle. We'll put up the link in the in the show notes. The Hustle.co inside the world's mo- most booked Airbnb. And um, what's really interesting is is the story. This this Airbnb was founded by a lady named Kitty. Uh, she started. She actually lived there herself for a couple of years as part of a disconnect that she was doing with her family. Um, but it's the it's the only the eight thousand three hundred and fifty seventh property on Airbnb. So it's one of the uh, really one of the first properties on Airbnb. Right. Right now we have five point six million, um, and she put it on Airbnb in two thousand nine. So that was just less than a year after Airbnb started the company. Since then. 5,800 people have stayed in this in this tiny little mushroom dome. 5,800 people, which is wow. pretty crazy, right? Wow. It's It only has like a few unoccupied nights a year. And the calendar is usually booked out eight months in advance. Mm. Now, the host is charging $156 a night, which is you know, way below what she could be charging, right? Because if you're eight months booked out, that means yeah. you can you can charge a lot more. She could probably charge like, you know, 300, 400, maybe even $500. But to her credit, like she wants, she doesn't want this property to be accessible only for people with a lot of money. So she mm. kept the rate uh, pretty, uh, pretty low. I love that. So, so yeah, this is pretty, it's pretty interesting to, you know, to, to think about that because I think there's a, I think that's something that we can learn. There's a reason why this little dome in the middle of nowhere in the forest is is the world's more, most popular Airbnb. Yeah, yeah, I love I love how she uh, I loved how she kept that at a uh, desirable number for for people, right? So anybody can stay at that dome. That's pretty awesome, the Mushroom Dome. Um, that's interesting. Like that's what we can do with our businesses. Like if we're looking at numbers, like we could we can maximize that demand. Um, but how much? It, also, the question becomes like how much of the demand starts dropping when it's uh, three, four, five hundred dollars a mm-hmm. night to stay there. So there's another property in Joshua Tree that our friends are staying at this weekend. Uh, it's the the Mirror House. Uh, it's not on Airbnb. They specifically only do direct bookings. Um, and, uh, architect built this, uh, home in the, in the desert of Joshua tree, um, uh, made out, of every service is made out of a mirror outside and inside. It's kind of, it's kind of crazy. Um, but he charges like, I think it's like eight, $900 a night. Um, and he has demand that goes out months and months and months in, in advance. So yeah, it's interesting how we can have, you know, it's, it's all about the experience obviously. And she, with that, that dome house can for sure double those prices if she wanted to, but it's cool that she's taking the model of uh, just kind of opening it up to the world um, and allowing anybody in the property. Yeah. And yeah, I was reading some stats on uh, searches on Airbnb and I found out that the searches for unique properties in Airbnb uh, were up 94% during the first half of 2021 compared to the same period two years ago. So almost mm. it almost doubled, right? And and so you know, you and I, I think we're on the same page when you know we both think that this trend is going to 
accelerate or at least continue into the future. The way I always think about it is, I, especially when I look at younger people, is like, it's so much about the experience. And I always think like in the future, everything has to be Instagrammable. Like if mm. it's not cool enough to, to do an Instagram story, then people are not going to want to have that experience. Yeah. I mean, if you break that down, it's like, why is it, you know, we call it Instagrammable because it, it it's very relative to us now. But if, if we break that down further, essentially at the end of the day, what we're doing is we're creating experiences that cultivate stories, right? So the experiences that we create, if you're staying in the dome house and you book eight months in advance, like the anticipation to, to lead up to that stay, and then you're getting there and it's like, oh, it's only 150 a night. And look at this, look at this. You're obsessed with the entire experience. It's just like when I stayed at the uh, Potato Hotel in, in Idaho, uh, Christy, Chrissy Wolf, um, her, her listing, we could not, like, we don't stop talking about this thing because it's such a unique experience of staying inside a potato on a farm that comes with a cow that you could play with, right? And it's like, this is crazy. We're going to talk about this for uh, forever. Um, so it's like, yeah, yes, it's Instagrammable, but it's also at the end of the day, it's like, we're cultivating these stories that we bring with us, um, and you know, forever that we're going to be talking about, talking about that. And that's why I think, you know, this topic of like, what's the future of short-term rentals? Um, like we're seeing that and we talk, we've talked about this quite a bit, but, uh, we're seeing those trends of going into how do you create more of a unique experience where a few years ago, up until the pandemic, it was like all about how do you get heads and beds in apartments and condos, downtown cities. Now it's not about that. Now it's about like how unique can you get? How how um, Instagram air quotes Instagrammable can you get? Or what story can you create through your properties? So um, yeah, I love that. I love this stuff. And you know, I th- also think there's a huge opportunity here um, for people to move into this space. I know there's a ton of money. There's a ton of companies. Every single like student we speak to for Legends X or for the Legends Mastermind, uh, everybody wants to get into experiences or they have something that they're building now. And everybody I speak to wants to build tree houses or domes or something unique. Um, so it seems like the space for unique experiences is uh, is crowded, but. You go on an Airbnb. I was looking for it this weekend. You go on an Airbnb and you search their unique stays and go anywhere. Um, there's not a lot of properties on there. You know, like they were giving us suggestions that were two, three, four thousand miles away. Um, there, there was nothing in California I could go to or Nevada. Um, I'm like, this is crazy, man. There's a lot of room, especially on the Airbnb platform, to uh, to have fun, create some art through create some art through real estate. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that this trend exists? The trend of people wanting to have like cooler experiences when they travel? Um, I think we just get to, you know, I think Airbnb, well, I mean, if you think about it, like one of, one of the things that we're always growing up that we always want to do is experience different things, right? It's like, one of my favorite things uh, growing up, we called it dream building. We would jump in the car and drive up to the wealthy uh, areas of New Jersey and just drive around the streets, staring at the big homes and just all the questions that come along with, I wonder what they do for a living. What does the inside of the house looks like? How much, you know, I wish I could stay there for a night. 
So all this stuff is in us is to have these experiences. And with, uh, with Airbnb, I mean, you know, we all know this has kind of opened up the world for us uh, to experience different cultures. But what's cool about this is like, we get to experience somebody else's vision and thought, right? So it's a different feeling that we get versus going into a apartment or a condo that was staged strictly through like Wayfair that's cookie cutter. It's the same stuff. You know, it's cheap material, but it looks good. It's passable, all of that. There's a, there's no soul in that. And I think especially now with what's been going on in the world, people are really looking for deeper connection. They're, they're looking to, to be around thing, more things that are real. Right. And I think that's why we're going into those marketplaces. Like one is to have fun, like our childhood, you know, uh, childlike, uh, curiosity comes out. Um, two is like, we get to step into someone's, uh, vision and like our project, if you will. But three, it's like that soul of these properties. It's a, it's a bit different. Like if you go to the bolt farm treehouse um, in, uh, in uh, right outside of uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee, uh, and you stay at one of their domes, like you, you stay there. It's like, man, you can feel the, the vision. You can feel the soul of the, the owner, Seth and Tori, on how they built it, how they designed it, all of that versus going to you know, a motel, motel six, which is like just cookie cutters, just to lay your head and, and, uh, you know, have a place to sleep, shower, all of that. So, yeah, I don't know the full reason for it, but I think, uh, I think all of that has a big, big, uh, play into why this is, is growing super fast right now. Yeah. And I, I think it also has to do with how younger generations are constantly using social media. Okay. Because like the one thing that really blew my mind was, I think it's Hong Kong or somewhere in Asia. There's a restaurant where yeah. you, you go in, and there's all these like beautiful plates with food, but you're not supposed to touch it. They're just to take stories for your Instagram, right? So the the fact that there's demand for that, it just kind of tells you like people, you know, people are, are thinking like, hey, I want to I want to put some cool stories on my Instagram. Like, what can I do? Like you know, you're in the same house every day. And it's like, people are looking for something cool to share on yep. social media. And so, you know, I think that has to do with it as well. I agree. Yeah. I, th- I think at the end of the day, it's just sharing, sharing these experiences with people, right. And having that connection. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, I, that's definitely a huge part of it. And I mean, why not? Why not? I mean, this, these are, th- those are awesome things to share on social media. So let's, let's continue to create it for them. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Um, I saw an interesting article about 10 travel trends because I think it's really interesting when we talk about the future of short-term rentals. I think we both agree that there's going to be a lot of demands, right? For obvious reasons, right? People are more flexible. They can work remotely. Um, you know, obviously there's a boom in travel coming on. Everyone's cabin fever. People want to get out and, and start traveling. Also, people want to avoid crowded spaces, Right. Even even though even when everyone's, you know, like used to the whole um, when, when, you know, the Corona thing is not so much of a topic anymore. Mm-hmm. I think people still are going to look for, you know, less crowded um, spaces. But let's uh, let's talk about some of these travel trends because I found some interesting ones. So let me just uh, let me just walk you through the, the this article, 10 travel trends. Right. Number one. It's uh, living abroad, 
Like people, they they think that people are going to be living abroad more. Probably has to do with with you know the flexibility of uh, working remotely, right? You can mm. you can if you can work remotely, you can do like what digital nomads call um, arbitrage. I can't remember the exact name what they call it, but uh, essentially what you do is you you work for an American company or European company, yeah. and you go live in a company where the cost of living is a lot lower. Right, so it's it's called oh yeah, it's called geo arbitrage, mm. right? So I, I definitely think that's a that's going to be a big thing, and then let me let me pick out the most interesting ones. The workation is is a big one, right? You're going on holiday, but you're still working. Yeah. Um, then they talk about Gen Z. So I don't actually know what Gen Z is. <laughs> maybe maybe you can the, explain uh, that to me. Uh, I think Gen Z is the generation after the uh millennial generation right so okay the, i think i don't know i could be wrong with that i think yeah gen z is the generation that's like coming up now like yeah. the 18 19 year olds now yeah yeah so that's that's interesting right because i i have um i have a nephew and a, and a niece who are pretty young they're like 17 and 19 and i feel bad for especially for them that they were in this lockdown because because those years those are years yeah. that you really like start you becoming an adult and you, you, you know, when you want to have experiences and you want to meet people, you want to do all these fun things. And they've been, you know, pretty much in lockdown for like a, a year or two. Right. So, um, so I can totally see that that group of people, those, those younger people, they're just dying to, to get out there and explore the world. Right. So that makes sense to me. Um, reunion travel. That's an interesting mm -hmm. one too. Because there's yeah. a ton of people around the world, like families that live in different places that haven't seen each other for a while or groups of friends. And everybody wants to reunite right? in the next couple of years. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we're starting to get, even though we didn't take over the property yet, we're starting to get those types of bookings for the cabin village uh, that we're buying in a couple of weeks. Um, we've received three uh, requests of families who want to book out the entire village to fly and drive up their entire family. So they could all be in one spot together. And we're looking to do the same thing. Like the same thing with us. Like we haven't, <clears throat> haven't seen our, uh, some of our family members in uh, over two years. Right. So it's like, we want to get to a point where we can bring everybody in one location, have a cool experience, but then be able to stay in one spot. So yeah, reunions are going to be huge. Yeah. Forward. hundred percent. Next one that I think is interesting is, wide open spaces right yeah. and this is uh, this has to do with what we just were talking about right people have cabin fever and they just want to be in the middle of nowhere yeah that's what i'm going through right now i'm literally you know in like four hours i'm driving up just so i could stand on a mountain somewhere yeah you know just get out there um and the, the next trend is travel agents are going to make a comeback and that's because the demand for customized travel experience hmm. um, is going to go up as well, which I believe that's true. That's true. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So that's an interesting one. And then the next one is bubble groups. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> so you know how, um, you know how through COVID they, you know, they, they were, they were, they were talking about like how everybody has to kind of stay in their own little bubble. It's like, for example, right in in some countries where I'm from, for example, in Holland, you were allowed to go to a restaurant during COVID, 
with a group of up to four people, but if, only if those four people were in the same bubble, which means like they're either in the same family or they live in the same house. Hmm. So, so yeah, this article is is talking about how we are we've gotten used to this bubble idea, and now we're we're going to travel with our little bubbles um, because people are still going to be a little bit of, you know scared of like mixing with you know other groups and other other people. Got it. Got it. Got it. So that's a that's a pretty that's a pretty interesting one, um, and yeah. then the last one is a smaller. It's called a smaller footprint. So essentially, what they mean by that is, you know, a, a remote destination, like it's kind of same with the open space, with the wide open spaces. Um, just staying somewhere very local, very away from from everything. Like maybe you know, going on a a little boat somewhere, you know, going in the yeah. ocean in the middle of nowhere, going on a farm, like agriculture tourism. That's uh that's the trends. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think with this too, it's like, we're seeing, we're seeing a lot of confusion in the world right now. It's, you know, all these governments trying to figure out how to deal with uh, COVID and passports and all these other things, um, which it, it, from my point of view, seems like nobody has any idea what they're doing. Everyone has a different approach to dealing with this. Uh, and the best bet to move forward with travel is to make it very inconvenient to travel. Right. And I think it's going to become like, especially international travel, she's going to continue to become a bit more challenging over the next 12 to like the next one to three years, I think it's going to be very, very challenging for us. So that uh, smaller footprint makes sense. Right. And we all know this, like the driving markets and uh, being able to uh, tap into those markets. So um yeah. And then a few of the things I wanted to talk about is like the future of short-term rentals. Cause there, I'm sure there's a lot of people here that are listening and I'm constantly thinking about the operators that we work with and hosts that we work with that are predominantly in city markets. Um, and it, it's, it's crazy because when, when I was growing my short-term rental business here in San Diego, majority of our properties were downtown. And I saw the writing on the wall of if anything major happens here, we're going to be very, we're going to be in a very challenging position because there's so many listings in one centralized location and nothing really sticks out. Like there's, yeah, we can have cooler condos and apartments and better locations, but obviously we never saw a pandemic coming. So, you know, cities are still doing quite well. You know, some of our clients, you know, that are even in smaller cities like Detroit are still, still doing pretty well. A lot of local travel going out there. Um, but one thing I wanted to talk about that, uh, that will, I think is the future of short-term rentals. Um, but also anybody can deal with is, and we've been talking about this for a while. This is the whole point of what we created with legends X. Um, but now it's become real, like within the industry is that the future of short-term rentals, uh, is brands, short-term rental brands. Um, I think for many different reasons, one is, and what I mean by a brand is a hospitality brand that has a identity, has a certain clientele that they they go after. They serve uh, certain certain properties, certain travel um, uh, travel needs, all of that, right? A certain brand around what we're doing in short term rentals. And I'm not talking about ha having thousands of units. You know, uh, we're buying a brand, a short term rental brand that has four units, right? But uh, it, the reason why I'm bringing this up is. 
I think regardless if you're in a city market, uh, suburban market or rural market, which is seems to be the up and coming uh, markets for at least now, um, regardless of where they're at, I think the future is within the brands, developing brands around shorts and rentals versus being the the host, the Airbnb host that has a bunch of listings and there's no identity and they're just, you know, they're kind of disconnected from the property, from the brand itself. Uh, there's a handful of reasons behind this. One is I think guests are seeking, they're seeking those experiences, but they're also seeking to really connect with the brand. And it's either they can connect their identity with the brand or with the individual host, right? So like the Mushroom Dome uh, host, uh, I believe that's the only property she hosts, right? Is that one unit. Um, but then you look at, you know, again, the bolts, they're building this brand where they have these awesome domes and tree houses in these awesome locations around the country. Um, and their, their guests are connected to their brand and what they stand for and what they deliver, right? Um, so I think guests are seeking that a lot more nowadays, especially on Airbnb, because you go on Airbnb and it's a freaking mess. Yes, we're looking at reviews. Yes, we're looking at photos. But there's only so much that you can look at to where it's like, after a while, you're like, man, I just want to work with somebody that understand that delivers what I'm looking for, right? Um, but then two is there is a lot of demand on the investor side to acquire brands right now in the short-term rental industry. And this is something that we you know, we educate our students on in Legends X is like, hey, we're going to develop this hospitality brand. We're going to go from a hectic coast to an established hospitality brand. And one of your options, once you develop this, is you could, you could either sell this company or you can grow it uh, and be a generational company, right? So V-Trips just raised $250 million to specifically acquire other short-term rental management brands around the world. Um, uh, uh, not guess the um, Vacasa constantly raising money just to acquire brands, right? And we're seeing this pop up all around the all over the place. You and I are buying our first hospitality brand, and that's now becoming our model of expansion: is finding other brands either inside uh, Legends X that we work with, or other brands that are uh, out there that we can acquire and revamp and put our technology, our systems, all of that in there. Because we know that the guests are seeking those types of brands, uh, established modern short-term rental brands. So I think for I think for the future of short-term rentals, especially for the people that are listening that want to do multiple short-term rentals, they want to build a business around this. Not not to discourage from the individual host. Like if that's your goal is to like run one or two really well short-term rentals that your identity is attached to that, that's freaking amazing. Guests love that. Guests want that. It's that middle ground, that hectic host position where we have we start growing, but there's no identity. We try to remove our personal identity from the listings with technology, um, but we haven't established a brand. So I want to challenge everybody. It's like, look at what you're doing, develop this brand, ask the question, what is the goal? Are you selling this or are you scaling it? Because I think with everything we're doing, unique stays, new markets, all of that, there's a lot of demand right now for people to acquire established brands that have the right properties and the right guest equity uh, in their brand. So <clears throat> that's what I'm excited about uh, in this industry is stepping forward in that. Um, not only buying up some brands, but uh, eventually selling some brands in the future.
Yeah, I think you make a good point because if you think about, I think that think about the perspective of Fakasa V Trips, they are looking for <clears throat> something specific, right? They're not just buying ran, random uh, short-term rentals, right? So if you run a short-term rentals, you know, like some of the hectic hosts that we that we see, who who've basically kind of taken on whatever they could find, right? They have like one big four-bedroom that they cater to families, and then they have a couple studios where they cater to couples, and it's just kind of like whatever they come across, they you know they 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 start managing. That's not inter- That's not so interesting for a bigger company to buy because it's just not clear like you know who's the guest avatar like what you know what type of properties are they it's just a bit of a bit of a mix so and you know interestingly enough i was talking to our investor um a couple of days ago and he he prefer typically prefers to stay in hotels right and and so i asked him like why you know why do you prefer to stay at hotels and his answer was well I've stayed at Airbnbs, but there's no consistency. Like one time, yes. one time the internet is good. One time the internet is not good. One time the host, you know, communicates well. Another time the host, there's no communication. One time the check-in was smooth. Another time there were, it was a, it was a headache. And so that really made me think, you know, that's really what, what you're talking about, right? Where, you know, when you you recognize a brand on Airbnb you, and you know like okay if I stay in this Airbnb then I know that there are certain standards I know what to expect so I feel more comfortable booking that over and over. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, the inconsistency of booking on Airbnb is one of the biggest challenges our industry is going to have have to overcome, right? And there's so many people that love Airbnb and they love the concept, they love the opportunity to stay in that cool properties. But with certain travels, they just want to know that things are going to be met to their expectations, right? Every Airbnb we book, uh, if it's not part of a brand that we're aware of or we can educate ourselves on, we are kind of rolling the dice on the experience we're having. And that's fun to certain extents, but I've had some horrible, horrible experiences on Airbnb because of the, the host not because of the company of Airbnb. And everyone always blames Airbnb. When a guest has a bad experience, they blame the company Airbnb, but it's the hosts that are driving these standards. So if we can create the brands and our brand standards of what we deliver and, and deliver that across all of our properties, that's where the, the uh, guest equity comes from, right? So it's like perfect example is... This town that I'm going to this weekend, uh, this mountain town, we go there um, at least at a bare minimum every 90 days, right? If we can get up there once a month, we try to get up there, do some hiking, disconnect. I stay with the same brand, the same hospitality brand uh, every single time I go. Yes, I look on Airbnb to see if there's cool, excuse me, cool properties that popped up that I've never stayed at before. Um, but I know for a fact that the, I know how I'm going to be treated. I know how I'm going to be, how the communication will be. I know the standard of their cleaning. I know their standard of their communication. They have, I think 80 properties in this town. Um, so I go direct to them and now they, they, uh, consider me air quote, a VIP guest, right? Because I go to them so much. So they're offering me, uh, early check-in and late check-out. 
right? And they're texting me right away. And it's, you know, it's real texting. It's not automation texting. It's like, hey, Eric, thanks. So, so that you booked another property. Uh, hey, we're going to have this property ready for you to check in a couple of hours early. Um, and then we've already established the late checkout for you. I was like, this is awesome. Right. So it's like, it's that brand equity that I think will solve those problems. Um, and if we can do that, if we could stay focused, and I wrote down another note here is less is more. I think uh, the hectic coast right now of like picking up all these properties and all the education and YouTube videos out there around rental arbitrage of how we can run these properties anywhere in the world and, and run all these listings. Um, we keep growing and growing and growing and all these things that we're talking about start dropping by the wayside, right? Of creating the experience and maintaining brand standards. So less is more. If we can focus on how to drive those brand standards to a very specific amount of properties that are profitable. Um, and once we build that, then we can scale from there or we could sell that brand that we just developed uh, for what Julie calls an ultimate payday, right? Which... Uh, Something that I'm, I'm just like really excited about learning, and uh, in future podcasts, you know, I'm excited about like talking to people that are actually doing that, or have done it, or buying brands, all of that. So, but yeah, future of short-term rentals, unique stays, creating brands, focusing on uh, rural markets, destination spots, uh, focus on local, less is more, and uh, just know that there's a lot of money right now to buy up small short-term rental brands. Yeah, and that uh, you gave me an idea there with um, <clears throat> talking about, you know, loyalty loyalty programs. Like at some point, it'll be interesting to see if short-term rental brands are going to establish loyalty programs where it's like, hey, oh, yeah. if you stay with us, you know, five times, you get a free early check-in or late checkout, yeah. just like hotels do, right? Yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, uh, Eric and Rebecca do something very similar for Hicksville Trailer Palace. If you go and you stay at every single one of their trailers that they have on there, they actually put your name on the wall and you become part of the community, right? Yeah. Um, and people like they keep coming back to stay there. And every time they open up a new um, stay, the person's name gets dropped off the wall and they have to book that stay to get put back up on the wall. And there's unique stuff that comes with that, right? Early check-in, discounts, all that stuff. So yeah, I mean, we can have fun with that. And I think guests really are seeking that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really smart. Like you add a new trailer and then everybody has to basically book it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Awesome, man. All right. Well, uh, let's wrap this up. Um, I know you're going on a trip, so enjoy your stay. Hopefully, uh, yeah. You know, keep, uh, when, when you're staying at an Airbnb, um, you know, think about, uh, think about stuff that we talked about. I'd love some, uh, some observations and insights uh, when you come back. Yeah, yeah, and uh, for everyone who, for anyone who's interested, uh, I'm going to start documenting all of our trips, especially heading up, you know, buying this property, um, and we're going to be posting up quite a bit on uh, on TikTok. Uh, so we're doing a lot on TikTok now, uh, and on my personal Instagram. So we're going to try to just kind of document that whole experience. So for anyone who's who's the visually who wants to look at the visual side, follow me on Instagram and TikTok. Awesome, man. How, how do people find you on TikTok? Um, I think both handles, Instagram and TikTok, are under my full name, Eric D. Moeller. Um, yeah, so yeah. I think if you 
just search that. That'll pop. That's up. how I found it. So I looked on TikTok. I, f- I finally downloaded it because you're such a TikTok star now. So <laughs> I, uh, I downloaded it and I put in Eric Miller and I found you. So <laughs> you know what's interesting, man, is I uh, I talked to somebody just the other day uh, for Legends X who found me off of found us off of TikTok, and uh, he said to me, he's like, he was an older gentleman. He's like, Eric, I've I've studied everything. I went to college. I had my master's. Um, he's like, I'm constantly studying. He's like, I feel like I've gotten another master's degree just on TikTok because of the, the 30 second, one minute, two minute videos of knowledge. And he's like, I follow you and everybody else in the space. Um, and he's like, every single day I'm learning how to build and grow my short-term rental business. So I was like, all right, man, I think TikTok's a lot more than, uh, it's finally moved on from like the 14 year old TikTok dance videos to actually be in a platform where you could use for education, which, yeah. which I think is pretty awesome. Awesome, man. Well, have fun this weekend. And uh, you and I will be back uh, next week with another uh, episode. That's right. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. And we'll, uh, we'll see you next week. Peace. Get paid for your pet.